Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show, we review the 2012 home defeat against Exeter. The Chiefs take West Country bragging rights this weekend, but what does that result and performance mean for our chances of defeating the reigning champions in the playoffs? We also discuss the great news that fans are more than likely going to be back at Ashton Gate for the home match against Gloucester. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, great to see you all chaps. Not the result we wanted on Friday night. Let me come to uh, you first, Miles. Uh, How's your weekend been? It's uh, not been spoiled, is it, by that result? Uh, no, to be honest with you, I you know I'd, I'd sunk a few extra beers on Friday night, maybe sort of in a disappointment sort of phase, really. But you know, yeah, lovely weekend with the family. Been out cycling today on the Bristol to Bar cycle path, and back. Actually, only five minutes late from the podcast, which is more than can be said from a certain colleague of ours. Well, that's that's very good of you. Just uh, five minutes late, Lee. Let me come to you. Um, <laughs> you're you're very punctual as ever. Um, obviously, not uh, not a great day for sport for you either today. No, it's a shame, Tony, because the, the disappointment I was suffering on Friday night kind of softened a bit yesterday, only for Spurs to ruin it again for me today. So uh, I'm back to being angry again, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh last but not least pete uh welcome to the pod it's 7 30 now for our, our seven o'clock recording uh how are you <laughs> well first off i mean at Speechless. least tottenham got to a final didn't they at least tottenham got to a final to lose which is more than this like other teams do but anyway so i've got no sympathy there secondly i mean it is a disgrace if i uh, am later than miles then i i have no defense whatsoever <laughs> uh, i was trying out a new laptop it all went wrong the wi-fi's gone wrong i mean come on when are we going to get back to face-to-face podding i've had enough of this it's like online learning i had enough of it about six weeks ago <laughs> uh, uh, lee you want to come in there I just gotta to say, Tony. I hope you're going to mention it, but can we can we mention the haircut? Because Pete's had a haircut. And he, he looks he looks like a cross between desperate Dan, GI Joe, Action Man, and Huckleberry well, Finn, mate. To be honest, boys, I've got a secret to to, to to let you into here, and and one or two of our pod listeners will be pleased to hear this. But the reason my hair is sticking up is because I've been sitting in a hot tub for the last hour <laughs> came back from work on friday the missus had only gone and bought one so, so oh, my hair has gone funny because it's been in the heifer so that's the reason why <laughs> and i'm going to be listening to our own podcast tomorrow in the in the hot tub let's, let's start talking rugby before we all break down <laughs> laughing uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Pete's got an outdoor bath now. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, Miles, going into the game, obviously uh, we saw the team on Thursday. Uh, what were your thoughts? Do you think uh, we were up for it, and we're going to uh, going to do the Chiefs, or uh, maybe less uh, enthusiastic about a Bristol win, having seen uh, who was in and who was out? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the latter, to be perfectly frank with you, TC. Um, there was some strange team. It was a strange team sheet. I think we all agreed that on our little WhatsApp chat. 
uh, and looking at the Chiefs team sheet, I mean, that was that was full strength. There was, apart from Dave Ewers, I mean, that's the best team they could have put out. And some, yeah, some questionable choices by Pat there on Friday night, which we may learn to find there's a few more injuries. But I was a little less confident going into that than really we should have been. Lee, let me come to you. Uh, obviously, we took an early lead. Andy Uren, 12 minutes. Boy, done well, didn't he? Solid. Absolutely solid, mate. And do you know what? I think that all this grief that he's been getting from Miles on the podcast, <laughs> I think is just spurring that guy on. This this is a guy who literally, if he keeps going the way he's going, he's, he's going to be overtaking Harry Randall for that England place. And it's all going to be down to Mr. Clark over there. <laughs> There we are, mentor and guru. Um, but Lee, you know, we 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 got that early try, five nil up. All right, uh, Malin's uh, didn't didn't hit the conversion, which was I thought pretty pretty straightforward opportunity. Uh, but did you think right? This is on. Yeah, I, I did, Tony. I, I do you know what? I know we did. We cast our kind of you know we were a bit slightly worried about when we saw the Chiefs full strength side, but I, I have to admit, I'm going to hold my hands up. I, I thought, do you know what impact we trust? And I thought Bedlow's in there because he's the kicking option to Max Malin's running game. And, um, and I, and I kind of swung it around in my own head. I really thought, right. Okay. So Pat's doing all these things to kind of trick Exeter, you know what I mean? So they, they won't know where we're coming from. And but ultimately it didn't work at all. Did it? We, we got we got outbossed. We got outclassed by, as Miles had said, a, a top class Exeter Chiefs team. And um, you know we have to hold our hands up at times. And I apologise to to some of our listeners on Twitter because at the end of the game I was deeply, deeply disappointed. But um, yeah, we we have to hold our hands up and think and and say that that they were absolutely much better than us on the on the night. So. You know, full credit um, for them. And Pete, let me let me come to you then, Pete. Uh, obviously, the second half of that first period, uh, they really burst into life, didn't they? Scored a couple of tries uh, within six minutes of each other. Uh, we went in at the break, fifteen five down. Um, did you still think it was on for the Bears at that point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the first half was was closer than perhaps the score suggested. Um, and I mean, clearly, Chiefs came with a game plan that was to to disrupt the breakdown and to, to and they really went for it. And I and I, you know, I, it played into our game our game plan of spending it wide and obviously one or two people getting isolated. But although it wasn't a factor, they got away with absolute murder in that first half at the breakdown. And I've, I went back through the video and had a look at it, and there was countless times when we were in good positions. Not countless, but one or two times when we were in good positions, and they were kind of counter-rupt and got the ball, and they were fly, they were off their feet. And Now, that isn't the reason we lost, because we should have been more streetwise, we should have been waiting for it. They came with that, and they can only do what they can do, and if the ref doesn't ping them for it, fair play to them. Um, so... You know, we we were we were a bit naive, I think, um, and I just and I think we were like just five percent less on the physicality. You know, you look at someone like Jack Knoll; he's like another flanker on the pitch. Uh, O'Flaherty is like another flanker on the pitch, and you know, no disrespect to Adi Alokan, I think he had a bit of a 
you know, I thought he was game. He tried his best, but he was up against Jack Knoll, and and that it was a, there was a difference there. And it only takes five percent here, five percent there for the difference. I mean, you think about a couple of their tries came from our stupid, naive mistakes that then gave them possession that then they scored from. So if we don't do that, if we win our line out, or I mean, it was Andy Urin on one of them. I think the um, flatty try, he kicked it straight out, didn't he? We were in a good position and mm. he, he went for the box, he went straight out. So then they had a line out in our half and they scored from it. And then Bedlow kind of nipped in, he got tucked in. So it was two young lads made tiny errors and, and a, a team like Exeter, I mean, they're brutal. They're brutal. But the fact that we were still in the game, I still think it goes quite a long way. They didn't get a bonus point. Um, you know, we, we look good. You know, at times we looked exciting when we were running it. I just think the physicality, we were taken aback a little bit by their physicality. So, But we've got nothing to lose. I'd rather lose that game now than do that sort of thing in the, the Premiership final. We know we can beat them up front because we did it at Sandy Park. So a lot of, lot of things to think about, I think. <laughs> And, and Miles, I think Pete touched it on there. Um, Adi Loken, I think he he probably went into the dressing room with uh, Jack Knoll's footprints all down the front of his shirt. Um, uh, you know, how, how much of a difference do you think it would have been if if maybe there was a, a Leua or a Nualago facing up against Jack Knoll? Did do you think Pat maybe got it slightly wrong there? Everybody knows that Knoll is, you know, he. he, he you find him pop up in the centre. He, he even he's even mm. popped up as a flanker, isn't he? In some Exeter plays, Did, was that a slight tactical mistake? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't think we expected Jack Noel to be back from injury. Uh, I mean, you know, a full strength side and Adi Loken, he's impressed us without doubt over the last sort of uh, four to six weeks. I think he's no longer a threat in the you know uh, in the air. Uh, his running speed's brilliant. But I think you're right. His physicality and his size against Jack Noll, he looks about half the size of him. Uh, and even the Duchess commented on this. I mean, he was given very little space by the Chiefs out on the wing. And I think if we play them again in the final, I think we'd probably agree that I'm not sure he's going to be Pat's first choice. Purdy has to be in there or Nurelago. We need someone much more physical uh, and you know, a bigger unit, really, to take on the likes of Jack Noel. He did okay, uh, but yeah, it's just I think his, his size really let him down a bit. And Lee, let me come to you talking about that second half. Uh, you know, all, all the despondency about losing the game, but uh, we actually won the second half, seven five. Um, were, were you heartened by certainly the defensive side of the way we played in that second half? Yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with us defensively for a long time now, Tony, to be honest. I mean, the amount of times we talk on the podcast about how teams are camped on our line and, and don't cross. And um, I mean, I think that that's been an, a, a noticeable improvement from theirs since Omar, can anyone pronounce the surname, surname again, uh, defence coach has come in. Um and and I and I always feel like we can hold out against most teams. Um, and we we've got to be honest. If Chiefs play that way against most teams in the Premiership, they put at least forty points on most teams. And I think that you know, even as disappointed as I was on Friday evening, I think we that there is a lot more now. Looking back in hindsight, there's a lot more positives that I can take from this game than I than I did at, at the time. 
Yeah, and I think coming to you, Pete, one of those positives uh, has to be Charles Piertau, um for Luke Morahan's try at the death there uh, to, to, to actually bring three players to you and still be able to offload the ball to give Luke a run in um, was pretty impressive stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was that was Harlem Globetrotters sort of stuff, wasn't it? I mean, Ugo Monia, or no, it wasn't. It was David Flatman was like, was mewing on commentary, wasn't he? And he's a big unit. It was, I mean, I had to go and rewind that a few times just to try and figure out what he was doing. It was, it was brilliant. It was superb stuff. I mean, we had two of the best fullbacks in the land on display on Friday night with Hogg and Piertau, but I think Piertau just about shaved it. Um, slightly better haircut as well. Um, doesn't you know natural and that sort of thing so uh, um, yeah I mean I think the problem was we just didn't have enough time in their 22 did we we didn't have many opportunities we we didn't play we didn't get we win the, the territory in the possession game and I mean it you know you can talk about this that and the other but at the end of the day if you if you make the most of good possession and make the most of good territory you win the game and we we didn't really you know, we just weren't, we were just, it wasn't far off. You know, I, I saw when Lee was tweeting on Friday night, I was thinking, whoa, that's a bit harsh. One of the one or two things he said, but, but it was disappointing. It was disappointing to Luke. <laughs> I, Excuse me. I, I, I've got to say. I, it wasn't too bad. No, I've got to say, I, I thought Exeter were going to go on and get the fourth try in the bonus point. And the fact that we held them out, um, uh, and then went down the other end and scored. And, you know, another three or four minutes, who knows, might have got a penalty or or, or even nicked a, a losing bonus point. Um, to lose 20 points to 12 against that Exeter team, um, which, as you say, apart from you, was, was probably absolutely full strength. Um, I, I actually think if we're going to lose against them, I, I, I think it might psychologically have done us good to lose that game that um, it it gives the incentive then for when we play them, hopefully in the playoffs. Uh, And we've seen their hand as well about how how they're going to attack uh, and counter ruck. So, uh, you know, I I, I think that gives us lots of opportunities to uh, psychologically and tactically to prepare better for them. Mark Miles, let me come to you. Some of the the, the, the stats, Charles Piatau, 124 metres 24, from 24 carries. Piers got 84 metres from 19 carries. Luke Morahan, 62 metres from eight carries. I mean, there were some good stats there, but I think the, the killer stat, um, and we've talked about this, uh, or Pete mentioned it, was territory. Uh, they had 62% of the game in our half. We only had 38 in theirs. And that's really where it went wrong, wasn't it? That um, they they pinned us back. And then when we did get into their half, um, silly mistakes, missed line outs, being uh, counter-rucked, uh, we just couldn't build any pressure, could we, in their 22? No, it was disappointing. I think, I'm, I'm sure I read a stat, we only spent about 9% of the second half in their 22. And, you know, it's it's basic math, isn't it? I mean, if you're not in the red zone for enough of the game, you're never going to score. And, you know, when we did, yeah, there, there were a few sort of, I wouldn't, well, you could say unca- uncharacteristic errors from Brian Byrne and Capon. But, you know, Chiefs put us under so much pressure that those boys on every throw-in looked just nervous. Uh, and you can understand, couldn't you? Byrne looked nervous every single throw in the first half. 
Capon tried something different in the last minute. It didn't come out. Uh, and, and with, you know, players, the quality of Exeter Chiefs, uh, you know, in the line out, I don't know where you go from this, really. And their territory just dominated. And I, I don't know why our set pieces really didn't work. And we made too many errors. Yeah, we lost three line outs and two scrums. Um Pete, you wanted to make a comment. Yeah, I just, I just want to say, I think we have to recognise that the clinicalness. I don't know, you, Miles. You probably know a better word than that. The clinicalness <laughs> of Exeter comes from a long time of work of those players playing lots of games for Exeter mm. under the tutelage of O'Connor. Now, uh, Pat Lamb has talked about how he wants to have a core of players who've played 100, 200 games for Bristol. You know, we aren't anywhere near, but someone like Cowan Dickey has played hundreds of games. People like Noel have played hundreds. People like um, Johnny Hill have played loads. They're so used to playing with each other that their, their line-out was just, everything was slick, everything worked. And, you know, it's it, you can blame Burn a little bit and blame Capon and, 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 you know, they're inevitably were nervous, but they just don't have that depth of experience of those big games. Now, I, that sounds quite negative because it makes it sound that if we get to a final, we might lose. But it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. But I think if we're looking for, on that night, on Friday, they came, I mean, they came up the night before because we saw the coach. It was at, um, they were staying in uh, the one by St. Mary Redcliffe. They, were, they took it really seriously didn't they they really took it seriously they wanted to prepare and and I you know I, I go back to what I said before they deserve to win they 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 were better they were more physical but I don't think it was because we were it was just it was close and they couldn't necessarily going to do that every time so I think there's a lot to to be positive but I just do think you know we've also got to remember uh that those boys have played together a lot and it came together and we we'd thrown in Bedlow. Bedlow hasn't started for like loads of games. It's a big ask for him to be perfect. Capon is, is a great player, but it's a big ask as well. He's in and out. He's in and out. You know, it's, it, they had that consistency. So fair play to them. And, but we'll, we'll get in there, you know, we'll get there another day. I'm, I'm confident that we'll, we'll, we'll do yeah. it. Lee, you, we have you wanted to make a point. I, I actually just wanted to add to Pete's point now. I mean, it, it, it's a great point that Pete's made. I, I think that that's why players like you know, um, Math, uh, Witten can come in. And obviously last season, Phil Dorman comes into the centre and has an absolute blinder. And I, it, it's exactly why Pat wants to follow this kind of ethos where you've got a squad which basically stays pretty much together for those 100, those 150, 200 games. And then you just tweak it. You just add bits to it. And and I think Pat Lamb's recognised that that obviously is a system that works really well. And as Peter said, it, it, it has it served Chiefs massively over the years, hasn't it? Uh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that that's a core of players that have uh, played a lot of rugby and a lot of pressure rugby uh, together. Right, I'm going to throw this out to all of you then to uh, see what you think. Two stats stood out for me when I was looking through um, uh, the information on the game. Um, first one, I'm going to ask you, uh, it's been a bit of an Achilles heel of ours, is the penalty count. How many penalties did we concede against Exeter? Uh, let me come to Miles first. Oh, good question. Uh, we, I'm going to say four. I'm a complete guess. Pete? 
Well, I don't think it was that many, to be honest. But I think the problem was it was that we were we were counter upped off the ball most of the time. So I think it was six or seven, something like Me? that. Seven. Eight. Well, it was in fact seven, and we conceded fewer fewer oh. penalties than Exeter. They conceded nine. So uh, it just goes to show that you know we, we can tighten it up in those in those pressure games. Uh, the other one was was the tackles. Actually, um, we made 179 tackles to their 133. The indestructible Dan Thomas was top on the tackle oh. count with with, oh, with 22 during that game. But again, I'm going to come to each of you. I'll come to Lee first. Who was second with 21 tackles? 21 tackles. Um, it's going to be someone we wouldn't expect, isn't it? I don't know. Or it could be someone obvious. It could be a double bluff. I know. I know. Right, you can't, you can't yeah. play then. All right. I know. I read it in the newspaper. That's why I know. Uh, uh, I'm going to go for Jake Heenan. Right. Uh, and Miles, you? Oh, I, gonna, yeah, I, I, I might go for Captain Fantastic, Big Steve Liratura. Well, well, Dan got 22 ta- tackles, Jake Heenan got 17, but uh, Pete, with your new haircut, tell us who, who, who made 21 tackles. Mr. Max Malins. Wow. Wow. Which for a for wow. a fly half to make twenty one tackles is is it's quite incredible. Miss one. Miss one. Yeah, missed one. Yeah, miss one. Uh, well it obviously shows we were on the back foot as opposed to going forward, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So they, well it shows that they, they played that channel. I mean they, they didn't go that wide, did they? They kept it very narrow. We went yeah. wide. It was two different game plans, and there's work. Yeah. Well, let's let let's talk about uh, individual performances then. Uh, come to Miles first. Let's have your Andy Urin report for for this week. Uh, well, as I you know relinquished on on Twitter slowly over the weekend, I thought apart from okay, a, a, a different you know difficult time protecting the box kick, and a one went straight out. I thought he was absolutely immense. So I'm going to big up Andy Uren this weekend. It was more than solid. It was a bloody good performance. And he just looked, I know, I know. he looked on He looked on par on Friday night. And for all credit Under to him. On par? Under par? Hang on, Miles, you're getting a bit confused with your metaphors let, let me here. Revert, all right, let me reverse. He, he pulled in many a birdie and even a hole in one on Friday night. Yeah. Well, pulling a birdie and having a hole in one on a Friday night. <laughs> Which is just basically part. Yeah. He, he managed to play a decent game of rugby yeah. as well, Miles. It was, oh, he, he was solid. Yeah. But, Miles, any, anybody else um, that you want to mention? I thought, you know, I was quite surprised that Big Steve lasted 80, uh, the full sort of 80, but he was just fantastic. Um, I mean, to come back from injury... He was just phenomenal. And, and as you mentioned, Dan Thomas's sort of tackle stat, he was all over the park and he fully deserved to really sort of be picked by Wales and hopefully Warren Gatlin sort of had his eye on him as well on Friday night. He was immense. And, and Lee, let me come to you. Who, players that you thought stood out? Uh, okay. So, I mean, I, I to be honest, was a, I thought the second row again, they were solid. Um, I thought they, they did okay. Um but I, I wanted to mention two, and that was obviously aside from the players that uh, Miles had mentioned already. I'd liked again Jake Heenan. I just thought, you know, he was in there, and I I thought he he was solid for us. 
sorry, we, we're using we're using solid again as a you know as another metaphor. But I I he was completely upfront attacking wise, and I think you know this this is a guy who kind of again he just slots in seamlessly, adds to the game. Um, and also, I wanted to say Luke Morahan as well, I thought was brilliant. Again, defensively, Luke is, he never lets us down, does he? I um, mean, you think a player of that quality going forward, but we, we don't probably give him enough credit in defence. So, I mean, those two, aside from the players that Miles had mentioned, um, that there would be the two that I would I would uh, pick out personally. And, and Pete, we talked about Charles Piatau earlier, as you say, probably the two best fullbacks in the the league head to head. Anybody else that caught your eye from a Bristol point of view, or anybody that you think maybe underperformed a little bit? Well, I'll go with the catch in the eye. I, I'd like to mention two subs that I thought played very well when they came on. One being young. Um, Yoan Lloyd, I thought he looked good when he came on. He, he tried to make things happen. He and and I thought Joe Joyce was immense when he came on. Looked like a thoroughbred, <laughs> really did. I, I I thought you know what he 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 looked. They said so both those boys. I thought actually stood out. And you mentioned this and that we we it was a close second half, and uh, you know we didn't let them get away. And I think those boys had something to do with it. Underperforming, it's harsh to really. I feel guilty about criticising anyone because you know if we went on that pitch, we'd be smashed within five minutes, and we'd be crying for our mummies, wouldn't we? Because it's you know those boys. I don't think we could ever fault their effort. No one, no one down tools on Friday night. But I, I mean. Uh, Sam Bedlow didn't have the greatest game, but you know, I mentioned before, it's a big ask to come straight back in. It slightly concerns me that um, that Pierre may be struggling with his kind of his age and his his his, his rig <laughs> might be getting a bit rusty. That he comes back for one game and then he needs another rest, maybe. So you know, I a do wonder. Rig. I do wonder. It's rusty rig, not yeah, not filthy rig, <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean the front row. I mean Jan Thomas was good. I mean he's a, he's solid. I mean what a great player he, what a servant he is. Sinclair, perhaps you could say we've got a British and international lion, and he didn't really impose himself. I felt that he got a little bit um, out exited by Exeter. Um, I wonder whether, you know, it, it strikes me that Kyle's quite a sensitive sort of guy, actually. And I do wonder whether he felt a little bit under pressure because he had a couple of his England boys around him. And, you know, he spent the last six weeks with Johnny Hill and and people like that and Luke Cowan Dickey. And you do wonder that maybe he was just a little bit, I don't know, just felt a little bit um, under pressure from, from those boys. So, yeah, he'll come back stronger. I would rather have him than not. So, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things for me, and I, I agree with you, Lee, you know, uh, Jake Keenan is such a great player to, to be able to bring in his versatility. But I do wonder if we had a fully fit Nathan Hughes, whether that absolute bulldozing, ball carrying would have yeah. made Exeter think a little bit more um, uh, uh, around how they would have set up. Um, because the one thing you know with Nathan, you know, he is going to drag players, or, you know, they're going to have to double team him to get him down. And yeah. he is a massive threat. And I, I wondered whether we missed that a little bit um, 
on um, on Friday night. Um, Agreed. That's what it goes back to the physicality again. It, it, that's a great shout. I mean, Hughes creates problems that Heenan, obviously, as great as he is, doesn't. So they're very different players, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, I thought I thought Dave Atwood again uh, played well. He, 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 you know, he 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 got some good turnovers, um, and is is just looking in superb form. But you know, we talked about Heenan at eight. We talked about uh, Hughes at eight. Um, really, I think we have to mention Sam Simmons. Uh, you know, what what an outstanding uh, what athlete he is. And, uh, you know, I hope if Warren Gatlin took one thing away from that game as British and Irish Lions coach was that uh, Sam Simmons is a game changer and, uh, you know, he might not, might not start for the Lions, but what, what a player to have. Uh, with you, um, incredible performance. So, so fair play to Exeter. You know, um, they they showed why they are European and League champions. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be our day when I forget which one of the Johnnies it was. One of the locks uh, made that sixty meter kick. Johnny Hill, wasn't it? Six, yeah. a, a peach of a kick that bobbled into our 22 from just outside their 22. And, you know, there's sometimes things in a game and you just you shake your head and think, well, it ain't going to be – if that happens, it ain't going to be our day. Yeah. But – um, we we denied them the uh, the, the try bonus points, uh, and we were only eight points away in the end. So um, you know we didn't take a beating. The, the games against Exeter have been so close, haven't they, for the last three or so seasons? Oh, yeah. mm. It's just bizarre that they beat us at Ashton Gate and we beat them at Sandy Park. It's, weird, <laughs> yeah. it's upside down. Absolutely, and they're, they're usually very close on the the scoreboard as well, but. Uh, I've just got a hunch that that defeat might have really helped us prepare for the postseason more than uh, a, a narrow victory might have done. Well, let's have a look at some of the um, uh, some of the results from this weekend. Uh, London Irish twenty one, Quinns twenty five. So Quinns keep the pressure up uh, on the top four. Uh, Gloucester thirty five, Newcastle twenty four. Gloucester starting to hit a little bit of form. Newcastle spiraling even further downwards. Leicester 18, Saints 23. Again, Saints keep the pressure up. Big game there, the East Midlands derby. Worcester 32, Sale 35. Uh, and then, of course, today, uh, something that, that that will make all Bristol fans smile, that's Wasps 39, Bath 29. I don't know if you saw midweek someone put on Twitter that uh, – We've actually put some big billboards in Bath, uh, encouraging uh, um, commuters, telling them it's Bears country now, and uh, they, they, if, they, if they want a season ticket, which I think is just uh, revenge for when they splaffed a great big Bath advert in Temple Mead Station a couple of years ago. Yeah. What really used to yeah. wind me up, I used to get a really early train to London with work, be in London all day in meetings, come home really tired about eight, nine o'clock, and then you've got all these bath players grinning at you as you left Temple Mead. So uh, good good, good for you, boys, for uh, putting an advert there in uh, enemy territory. Um, well, that leaves the table now. Uh, we're still top, uh, 13 wins, 66 points. Exeter, 12 wins, 58 points. Sale, 
12 wins also and 55 points. Quinns, 10 wins and 54 points. Saints, 10 wins and 50 points. And London Irish, 6 wins and 42 points. So uh, even by my reckoning, uh, uh, two more points in our remaining five games guarantees Champions Cup rugby. So uh, what an incredible place to be um, at this point in the season. Uh, so we haven't got any game next week. Uh, there is a break for European competition. Uh, and I just wanted to, to to ask you all what you think really Pat's, uh, how Pat's going to play this, uh, this, this two weeks that we've got. Let me come to uh, you first, Lee. Um, you know, on, on the back of the Exeter uh, result, are, are the boys in for extra training? Or do you think Pat's going to give them a bit of time off now to, uh, to recharge? Neither, Tony. <laughs> I, think, uh, I don't think they'll be in for extra training or um, having time off. I mean, you know, the guys had eight, was it eight days previous from um, the Bordeaux defeat going into last week, didn't they? So I, I think Pat, he won't switch them off, but I think they'll just be, it'll be training as, as normal at the ground and again, preparing for, you know, getting getting the systems right again for the next game when we are back out on the field. And Miles, uh, next game, of course, is Bath away. Um, if if we needed a bit of motivation to get the squad back up, um, surely that's the game that you wanted. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we'd all love to go to Bath away again and, and absolutely smash them up, smash them on the rack. Yeah, I, I think I sort of agree with Lee, really. I think uh, it's a steady build-up over the next couple of weeks with a weekend off. Uh, we didn't really do anything particularly wrong on Friday night, so I don't think we need to suddenly rewrite uh, the rule book. Uh, we just need to be solid, train well, get some few more players back from injury. I'm sure Jake Heenan and Morahan's coffee shop's going to get a few extra sales from the boys over the next couple of weeks. But I think, yeah, steady progress uh, and really work towards that Bath game. And uh, Pete, uh, the club have been very, uh, very secretive this season. We've talked about it before around injuries, so it is a bit difficult to tell. But do you see any, who, who do you think will be back in to that match day 23 that maybe we didn't see on Friday? Who, who do you fancy to come back? Well, I guess Harry Thacker has got to be fairly close to coming back. And uh, again, it's a bit more time. Um, you know what, mate? I can't remember who's injured. <laughs> Can I answer the question about what I think uh, they might do? <laughs> I think, I, 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 I'll help you out with the injuries. Go on, you you, yeah. you answer that question. Well, okay. Um, I think I, I heard. I don't know if you heard Steve Luatua's interview afterwards, but he was. He said it was the most physically bruising game they'd had this season, uh, and he said it was so intense and. I mean, I know he hasn't played all of them, but he hasn't got the biggest sample size. But I just think that they will be given some serious rehab time for the first few days and just get it out of the system before they before they start um, thinking about the next game. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, as, as Miles said, I think he's right, that they'll probably have a real easy few days and then it will just ratchet up 
maybe you know watch the games at the week the game at the weekend some fun and then do all the kind of detail work the second week but I think this is where the coaches are going to earn their money aren't they they've got us they've got to get these boys purring just before the game starts peaking just before it so I reckon semi-sauna may get uh, may get uh, there might be a queue and of course if any of the boys can't get into semi sauna there's obviously a hot tub available in uh, Southville if anyone fancies a quick you know if the boys want to give me a ring I could probably uh, I'd be I'd be I'd hire it out at very good rates so I'd give them the Bears Beyond the Gate discount but anyway Tony injuries yeah well I think good shout on Thacker we know that or supposedly he's close to to being back uh, and I just think you know if we play that Exeter team in the final and you put Thacker, um, Hughes, uh, Ranrandra, and maybe Nualago or Purdy back, um, you know, yeah. all of a sudden that eight-point gap looks uh, a lot more, uh, a lot closer. And I think with people like Hughes and Ranrandra, they are so dangerous and such a threat in their own individual ways that it almost would keep Exeter a bit more honest. So. Well, uh, Good point. I've forgotten about Sammy and I'd forgotten about I mean, you really want to get Sammy fit for that Bath game because some of those players are still having therapy from that first game. They still wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and see Sammy's face running at them. So uh, no, particularly Jonathan Jackson. Yeah. So I reckon we've got to get him. He's got to play that game just just to rehash a few uh, nightmares from some of those Bath players. Absolutely. So, so hopefully Ran Ranger will see back. Nualago, I don't think was that far far away Hughes hopefully whatever you know we all do think he's got some kind of knock he's been carrying uh you know this almost three weeks now hopefully that will get him back and fighting fit Purdy as well um you know none of them seem to be that far out Siali Piatau looked like he was rested as well for this game um, you know, we, we, we don't know what kind of, t- you know, I can only imagine what kind of toll those hits take on a 20-something body, but uh, a 36-year-old body, it's it's got to take a lot. So I'm quite hopeful that Pat is kind of timing these uh, returns, knowing that this Exeter game wasn't a must-win, where for Exeter it was a must win. And like we said, with the the fact that we knew the coach was here the day before and they stayed over, they really treated it and uh, were that much focused. Uh, Lee, sorry, you wanted to, you wanted to come in. I, I just wanted to quickly just add to what you've just said about there. I personally, I don't know what you boys think, but I can't imagine Purdy being injured. Like he, he reminds me of that character from, um, from Monty Python, you know, it's the like, black Knight. Like the Black Knight, that's it. I mean, with Purdy, you could just like, you could do, he could have like anything wrong with him, and he'd still want to get out on that pitch, wouldn't he? And we just, you know, and it's players like that you just absolutely want in your team. But I do agree, Tony. I think the players that you've mentioned there, if they come back into the side, then then the whole concept of the game changes. And uh, and I do agree. I think maybe this this is a, a narrative feat, but we will learn so much from it. And not uh, I take any pleasure whatsoever. But last week's predictions, um, I I was the winner. Uh, sadly, predicting an Exeter win, uh, but I did think back then that they would just want it and need it more than we did uh, on Friday night. 
You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Well, gentlemen, as we know, the uh, Premiership is going to go up to 13 teams next season. No relegation, but someone's coming up from the Championship. Uh, and did we get a real insight into who that would be uh, with today's game unbeating Ealing who have scored maximum points from every game took on Saracens at the whatever their stadium is called now I uh, forget and don't care too much um, but uh, it uh, ended up Saracens 48 Ealing 20 uh, and uh, just let me come to you Pete um, it's this I think I think Saracens had 11 internationals in their team um, is this now the uh, the march of Saracens back into uh, into the premiership well, it's the march of Saracens back into the chance of getting into the Premiership uh, by by having a playoff final. I, I, su- I suspect it will end up being against Ealing. And um, the only thing I'll say is I have a little bit of a, an inside link to Ealing. Is one of my colleagues is married to one of their a female colleague is married to the fitness or strength of fitness in coach Ealing. And she said, I said to her, well, you know, they do well. And she, she said they've actually got quite a few injuries at the moment and they weren't expecting much against Saracens. And and I guess what they'll really be, t- what Ealing will, will be looking at is trying to be as absolutely fighting fit for that final, which they've got to assume they've got to, obviously they've got to win games to get to it. So I think it was ominous. It was clearly ominous. I mean, it, when you look at that Saracens lineup, it's crazy, isn't it, really? Um, but on a one-off game, Ealing is still going to fancy giving it a shot, aren't they? So I do hope that it is. I think Ealing's the best team, aren't they, to, to give it a, some give it a shot. Um, but they were a bit underpowered, apparently, for, mm. for today. So hopefully they can get back fit, maybe, and... Uh, um, who knows? I'm not absolutely sure. Is it is it a one game final or is I it played over think, two legs? A, I don't know. It's two legs. Yeah, it? which which well, which, even so, they can give it a go. Which which, which, which <laughs> kind of kind of worries me because you know yeah, I, yeah. I think could Elin spring a, a surprise on an odd game? Yes. Uh, against mm. against Saracens twice, that, that's going to be yeah. a big ask. And Lee, let me come to you. You know, yeah. as Bristol fans, we know only too well what it's like to uh, to to win the league and perform <clears> during <throat> the, the the regular season. But then you go get into these playoff games, and it you know a red card or a, a bad game, and it it all goes terribly wrong. Can can you see that happening to Saracens now? Um, I, I can't see that, man. I, I mean, I'd love to think that, that Elin would have a chance, but I, again, I agree. So, I think over two legs, it's, it's going to be massively. It's a, it's it's like you know miles climbing Snowden. Really, um, it ain't going to happen over two legs. But I mean, there's there's no fans in the world that have been probably hurt more than we have in playoff finals, two legged playoff finals. You know, I think we could all agree on that. So. You know, going into those games, we were massive favourites. So, you know, everyone's got a chance, haven't they? So you you wouldn't rule it out. 
No, absolutely. It only takes an Owen Farrell trademark high tackle to someone's head and uh, get them down to 14 men. And, uh, you know, <laughs> may, may, maybe that would be a, a, a great leveller. Um, well, let's uh, let's move on from them. Actually, before we do, one thing I would say is um, uh, that 48 points, they did only, I think, score five tries uh, and took five penalties. So, they they were showing quite a bit of respect to that Ealing team to uh, to to make sure they got the win. Um, right, let's talk about some good news, and that's the fact that uh, the game against Gloucester that was due to be on Saturday the fifteenth of May has now been moved back to Monday the seventeenth of May, the first day that fans. If the roadmap continues to uh, work out as it's planned, the first time fans can come back into a stadium, Miles, prospect of four, maybe five or 6,000 Bristol Bears fans in Ashton Gate for the Rifles Cup. How does that make you feel? Oh, fantastic. Well, but a little cautiously so, because we've been in this boat before, haven't we, boys? Where I think all four of us had tickets for the Newcastle game. And the Grim Reaper that is Matt Hancock changed the tears, didn't he? And pulled uh, pulled them from between our uh, from under our feet. But I think it's fantastic. I mean, on a bonus front, I was working that weekend, and I would have had to watch it on BT Sport on catch up. So this is bloody brilliant. I've cleared Majari for the entire week, uh, <laughs> and uh, I've stopped a shift. So you know, if I get to go down the gate, I can even afford to have four beers or something like that <laughs> and go in with a mild hangover very late the next day. So this is fantastic. I hope we get the opportunity to go back and, you know, in the Rifles Cup versus Gloucester makes it even better. And, and Lee, Monday night game, uh, that, that'll be a novelty at the gate, won't it? What, what a great one. I, I'm so pleased that we're going to go back with an evening game. Oh, it'll be, a, it'll be amazing. Like Miles has just said, I mean, Apart from taking Bath aside, it, Gloucester is is the Rifles Cup is is the next biggest game for us, isn't it? And as we predicted, Tony, on the pod last week, there might have been the chance of us getting in. So um, I, th- I think we're all agreed. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, whatever it is, as long as we get in, we're going to absolutely party and have a little sing-along, aren't we, Paul? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Pete, let me come to you. Um, obviously, we've still got to get there. And uh, if it's like any previous announcements, the next step in the roadmap will only be announced by the government uh, a week before. Not quite sure whether it's going to be 4,000 or whether it's going to be 25% of the uh, capacity. So that maybe would bring it to six and a half, seven thousand. 7,000. Um, how do you think the club will deal with where we sit? Because my understanding is that the South Stand is still going to be used for um, the uh, vaccination programme. So uh, do, you, do, do you think we'll, well, what do you think? Where, where will we be sat if we can get, say, 6,000 fans into the ground? <laughs> Well, actually, to be honest, Tony, I hadn't really been thinking about that. I was more worried about the fact that it was a school night and I was frantically <laughs> looking through the diary to check I didn't have a parents' evening or something like that. Um, luckily, <laughs> there isn't. Um, 
but the school night thing has really been bugging me. But so I haven't really thought about the seating. I guess, I guess I can't remember now when we did the Newcastle one. We just got we we were able just to choose, weren't we? Where roughly where we were, and then didn't we just get allocated? I oh, know I can't remember what happened. But we just choose, they were just they just blank it all out, don't they? And then you if you manage to get on. I mean, we all sat there, apart from Lee. We all managed to get on, didn't we? And, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know, Tone. You tell us. I bet you know, don't you? Well, well, well thanks for that. Who knows full thank, well? Thank, thank, thanks, for that, thanks for that detailed answer. Um, well, for, for, the, for that Newcastle game, um, I think it was only 2,500, wasn't it? And I think they allocated them all to the Dolman. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I think the South Stand will probably still be uh, out of operation because of the vaccination centre. Um, if it's 4,000, do you put them all in the dolmen? Might be a bit tight if you're going to try and keep the two metre distance in. So I, I wonder whether we'll see some in the dolmen, some in the Lansdowne maybe. But then I suppose the club are going to have to make a decision about how many parts of the ground they open for things like catering staff and security staff and stewards because obviously they're not going to make a great deal out of money uh, if it's, say, 4,000 people. But uh I certainly think there'll be the four of us at the bar. Um, but uh, yes, depending on what activity we have in work the next day might uh, might limit that to an extent. But oh my God, how good would it be to, to see some live rugby uh, and, uh, you know, a, a Monday night, 7.45 kickoff. Um, I was going to say it would be under the lights. Only the the last bit of the second half will probably be under the lights at at that stage. And Lee, I I hear that uh, you've even been down the shop uh, in anticipation of this summer return to the gate and you've bought yourself uh, one of the T-shirts. I did, Tony, yeah. I went and bought the... um, Well, actually, I bought a T-shirt and I also bought a a rugby ball as well because... uh, Good old Stan the Man, obviously of um, of our of, of podcast fame, my my little faithful friend, my four legged friend, popped my last rugby ball. So um, I um, I went down to the shop on Saturday and um, <laughs> and sods law, I went and bought a large t shirt, a large. Oh uh, my yeah, god! A large. That is locked out. Has <laughs> lockdown not been good to you then, Lee? <laughs> obviously, I've put on a few a few pounds. Uh, a bit of tannage over uh, over lockdown, but I didn't realise quite how much until I tried on this large t-shirt, and it was it was like putting on a bikini swimsuit, and it was so tight. So um, I I immediately took it back and got an extra large, which bizarrely I put on, and it was like wearing a blanket. So I don't know where. The- where the balance was. Mate, it's it's, it's not the between. size you've got to worry about. It's what blooming temperature you put it in the washing machine. Remember that? <laughs> I, if I were I, you, I'm not I'd, go, I'd go 10 degrees. 10 degrees. <laughs> uh, yeah, pop it in the fridge and just just kill the bacteria. Freeze it. Um, and I think, did you mention as well, uh, Lee, that, oh, yeah. that, that actually a, a match day shirt has been reduced before the end of the season. This is absolutely break. I don't even think Pete knows about this. Breaking news, right? The the home shirt is actually discounted, Pete. No. Do you know Do you know how much discount we've we've put on the on the shirt? Five percent. Seven. Well, Tony will have to do the maths. Obviously, I'm from Wibbywood still, but um, 
but it was reduced from seventy pounds to fifty nine fifty. <laughs> oh well, that's what a bargain! If it had been, oh, that's brilliant. Fifty nine fifty. I need that extra fifty p. Yeah, but 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 I think I think I think if you're some of those sizes in the middle, the the medium, large, and extra large, don't don't hold your breath. Um, uh, uh, I, I I don't think there's going to be too many sizes there, but at least they've they've made a little bit of an effort this year but uh uh again i don't i don't there's a huge amount of stock to shift because uh most of the sizes of most things have been sold out for uh for weeks already well that's it for this show um if you like what you've heard please leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform we'll be back next week with uh, our preview of the West Country clash against them that can't be named and more Bristol Bears news and views. Until then, goodbye, stay safe and come on, Briz. Bristol Bears.